This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. Welcome back to another edition of Millennial Balance right here on 105.9 The Region. I'm Shaliza Backus. Afia Ba here. Hope you guys are keeping warm and also enjoying Black History Month. Indeed. And I love, well, I mean, these stories are important to cover all mm-hmm. year long, but I love the amount of events and people speaking out, yep. public speaking, and it, just so many things happening in and around the region in mm-hmm. regards to Black History Month. And our next guest is... Going to speak to that, Dwayne Morgan, spoken word artist. Dwayne, we spoke a few months ago, and we're honored to have you back on the station. Oh, happy to be here. It's uh, great to chat with you again. So you are participating in a spoken word concert called When Sisters Speak, and it's going to be held next month, actually, not quite this month, but it's for Black Mental Health Week. So the conversations continue into next month. Yes, absolutely. And uh, it's a show that I've been producing for 24 years, so I won't even be participating in it because it's a show only for Black women to speak. So I I only introduce them, but I give them the platform to say whatever it is that they need to say. And it has been uh, great over the last, you know, couple of decades just watching, you know, women take this opportunity to, to share things about their lived experiences. 24 years. Wow. Um, First off, I mean, thank you for, you know, championing this type of event and having this platform for women to speak. Can you talk about, I mean, being a part of it and producing it and choosing and like the why behind producing this event for why you first started off in the first place and then continuing on for 24 years? I think, the you know, when we spoke before, I was doing my When Brothers Speak show, which, mm-hmm. was, which I started first. And that was a, a platform for Black men to speak through the spoken word and to share their experiences. And I thought after starting that show that a woman would do a copycat show and create an all-women's version, and no one did. And because no one did, I said, all right, well, I know it's important, so let me be the one who does it. And I, I created, you know, When Sisters Speak as a sister show to When Brothers Speak. And as I said, you know, this is the 24th year that I've been producing it. And, and every year, women of all backgrounds and races show up. They get to hear stories that they relate to. They get to see themselves reflected on stage because sometimes they don't really have the words to articulate some of their experiences, but the poet on stage might do that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's very valuable. And when we talk about allyship, it, 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 this is allyship. This is, this is how you show up for other people. If you have the power and the privilege to do something and to create space, then, then you do so. Absolutely. And I think you've got an amazing lineup of participants as well. And tell us about some of the women participating this year. Yeah, this might be the, the most power-packed one that I've, that I've done, and it took a lot of work to, to get this all together. But, you know, those people who might be my age or, or you, you know, maybe they came up in the 90s, 2000s, R&B era, they would remember a group called Flowetry. And the Flowetry was, there was a singer and a poet. So we have the poet from Flowetry, five-time Grammy-nominated, who's going to be uh, coming from the UK to perform. We have Queen Sheba, who's going to be coming from Atlanta, and she was just up for a Grammy a couple weeks ago for Best Spoken Word Recording. We have Canadian national champion Shelley Grace. We have the 2021 uh, Women of the World Poetry Slam champion Ayanna Albertson-Gay, who's coming from North Carolina. And we have two young poets from Toronto, uh, Shahada Jack and Anna Flores. So it, it's going to be an awesome night. Listen, when I when I saw Floetry on the poster, <laughs> the way I had whiplash, I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I, I, and I, and just seeing all of the, the lovely, you know, talent that's coming out both from across the border and right here at home. But for those who might not have experienced spoken word yet, can you help listeners understand the talent and the work that goes behind the art of spoken word in general? Yeah, you know, I mean, the easiest way for me to explain it to people, it's almost like saying it, it's hip hop without the music. It's really just being able to use your voice to tell a story and to craft a story. There's there's nothing to hide behind, you know, like there's no band or whatever. It's just you, a microphone, very much like what, you know, stand up comedians have to do. And there's a lot that goes into the actual craft and the actual presentation. It's not something that anybody can just get up and do. And then when I curate the show every year, I kind of have to look for different styles and, and how can I, you know, what people complement each other, of, you know, so, so that you get, you know, six diverse voices that kind of represent a good framework of the Black experience. So definitely not the poetry that we learned in school. It's definitely, you know, not A, B, A, B sign scheme, you know, that, that we're taught. It's a roller coaster of emotion with people just pouring out their hearts on stage, but in a very creative, artistic manner. And I feel like that's a very effective way to get the message across, too, because mm. you've got people vibing, but then they're also really paying attention to the words. They're thinking about what these artists are saying, and it really resonates with the audience, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's such a profound thing to just kind of sit there and watch how the audience takes this in. And again, going back to the idea of allyship, you know, one of the first components of allyship is listening, is listening to other people's lived experiences and and taking that in so that we have a, a broader sense of, you know, what people's experiences are so that we have a greater frame of reference for, you know, how to be there for people. You were talking about curating and, you know, looking at the style that you are looking at when you're bringing on these six artists to, to come and perform. What was your approach this year in terms of the style that you were looking for? Yeah, I mean, there's never one style that I'm looking for, but I want to always make sure that, you know, no two artists really sound alike or have the same kind of energy because like people, you know, we're not all just this monolith that is one way. So somebody is going to resonate more with this person. Someone's going to resonate more with that person. So you just want to make it as diverse as possible. And then, um, None of the artists really get a say in, in where they perform in the show. Like I, I kind of tell everyone where they perform in the show because I have an idea of the experience that I want people to have. So everybody is in a certain position deliberately for the audience to get the experience that I want them to have from the show every year. So take us through maybe past shows that you've put together. What has the experience been like and what's your thought process in trying to create an order for the show? Um, it's it's really a matter of the the emotional journey that I want to take people on. While the show is entertaining, um, I really want people to walk away feeling something, thinking, you know, about the things that they've heard. So, you know, those poets who kind of have a a more you know softer, chill vibe, we kind of start with them, and that's the easy introduction. Then we usually you know end off the show with someone who's just like you know, just, just power and kind of, you know, in your face, uh, high energy kind of thing. And, and so that people leave, you know, with that high energy and, and, and feeling, you know, good about what they just experienced. So it's really always kind of looking at, all right, that, that flow of, of energy and that flow of um, the emotions that I want people to experience. 
What about for somebody who's, you know, experiencing this show for the first time, has, you know, a passion for poetry, um, has been exposed to spoken word and wants to get into spoken word but doesn't know where to start? What would you tell them? Um, well, I mean, if you're experiencing this particular show for the first time, uh, welcome. You'll be back because it's amazing. And most people who show up once show up, you know, every year. Um, for those people who, you know, like it and want to get more involved, I think, you know, it's really important to just kind of look at your local community and see if there are, you know, any kind of open mics happening. I used to run one, but that, you know, COVID did a number on that one. So I haven't brought that back. Um, but, you know, look for, for opportunities. There's the Toronto Poetry Slam that, you know, has something, I believe, once a month that people can go out to and there's an open mic and people can just get on stage and test things out. And one of the beauties of spoken word is the fact that everybody has a story. And it's not something like piano where you have to, you know, start learning when you're three and, you know, keep going away to get good. You can just get a napkin and, and figure out what is the story that I want to tell and really work at crafting something that is beautiful. So it's very accessible. And then on stage, it's just you and the audience. So there isn't that fourth wall or whatever. It's like you're in a conversation with the audience and the audience is speaking directly back to you. So it's, it's a beautiful, uh, you know, symmetry. And speaking of those stories, you said off the top that this is about people and black women specifically sharing their experiences. Over the last 24 years, those experiences have changed a lot. So what kind of changes have you seen over the years? Um, I mean, the, the changes that, we're, that we see is, is really just the same changes that we're going to see in society. The things that, that uh, you know, people are talking about and things that are, are topical. Um, you know, when I first started the show, there was a lot of men who would say, well, I'm not going to come to the show because it's just going to be a bunch of women, you know, male bashing. And I had to be the one to say, well, you know that their lives don't just revolve around us, right? There's like, there's like other things in the lives of women for them to speak about. And so you're going to hear stories about, um, you know, children, about motherhood, about family, about, about pain, about racism, about, um, you know, identity and all of these things. So, you know, as our society moves and changes, you know, the artists are there as reflections of our society. So you're always going to see what is topical in our society reflected in the work on the stage. Talking about now moving forward, I think maybe most of the conversation when we were in the pandemic was about maybe the pandemic and what has stemmed out of it. But now post-pandemic and maybe seeing the things that we're seeing in the world now, what do you think maybe some of the are, are the things that women might be wanting to speak about? I know you're, you're saying, listen, I'm just giving you the platform you speak. But I mean, mm -hmm. from hearing from your other sisters, from hearing from your friends, from hearing from family, the things that are really tugging at their heartstrings, what are the things that come to mind for you? There's always going to be stuff around identity because um, black women still find it very difficult to be heard uh, and to be heard in a way where it's not, oh, that's the angry black woman, but to actually be heard as, you know, just as a woman uh, sharing certain experiences. So I'm willing to bet there's going to be a lot that addresses that. I think, you know, when we look at uh, geopolitical things that are happening in the world, when we look at oppression and, and, and the voices of oppressed people, I'm willing to bet there's probably going to be, you know, some messages that, that tie into some of that stuff that we see happening, whether in Africa or the Middle East. Also, you know, violence and, and what is the impact of the violence on women? You know, we're always looking at, you know, the, the deaths of, of Black men, but 
how does that affect black women, you know, who are the mothers to these men, who are the, the girlfriends and the wives and the partners of, of these men? So I think looking at things through that lens as well. So those are some of the things I would predict we're probably going to hear some, um, some stuff about. And there's probably a bunch of stuff that not even in my wildest dreams that I think I was going to hear on the stage. That is so exciting. We're so excited to talk about that and to experience this. And it is Black History Month. And I said off the top, you know, we have a lot of these conversations around this time of year. But how do we keep these conversations going all year round? I think it's important to realize that, you know, we're here all year round. We live all year round. We contribute all year round. And I think it, it has to be something that is consciously done. It can't just be said, oh, yes, we have to do it. Like, we just have to do it and, and make these things happen. So, I mean, where the show falls, it's right at the end of Black History Month. It's at the beginning of Women's History Month. It's falling in line with Black Mental Health Week. So there's a lot of things happening with where this show is positioned this year. And I think it, it, it's upon all of us, especially those people who aren't Black, to advocate for these stories to be told throughout the year. I think I love that you just mentioned that, right? I mean, everyone is talking about maybe the celebrations and maybe the conversations that still need to happen. Happens every February, right? You kind of see all the posters mm -hmm. go up and mm -hmm. all of the, the conversations and celebrations. And it's great, right? Of course, this year's theme talking about black excellence, right? And so you'll see more of the celebrations. But then after it's like February 29th, I guess this year with the leap year. And mm -hmm. then you move to the next month and it's like, okay, well, let's pack up and leave. And it's like, but, but we're still here. And I love that also, too, it's it's falling in line with black mental health because mental health is year round. Right. And then the black mm -hmm. mental health experience is just another layer on top of that. And so very strategic, but also intentional. But we have to be if we really want to see that change. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a, a show like this where where women are on stage and just speaking and just sharing is is so important just for mental health, because people have to know that yeah, it's not healthy to hold this stuff inside. We, we have to find a way to get it out, whether it's through dance, drawing, painting, whatever. We have to find a way that all of these things that we experience don't live within us, but we have to, you know, find a way to, to get them out. Uh, and I think this show does a great job of doing that. Well, it is definitely exciting. And Dwayne, if our listeners want to get tickets and find you on socials and all of that stuff, where can we go? All right, so the, the tickets are on sale right now via Ticketmaster. Last I checked, there were fewer than 200 left. So definitely, if you are intrigued, head over to Ticketmaster and uh, make that happen. And in terms of socials, Dwayne, D-W-A-Y-N-E underscore Morgan on most social platforms. So connect with me and see you on March 9th. We will definitely look forward to seeing you on March 9th. Dwayne Morgan, Where Sisters Speak, once again happening on March 9th as part of Black Mental Health Week. Thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Do you have an idea or a podcast to share? Send it to us here at Discovery, the radio show for podcasters on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to New Music on the Region, a podcast that showcases new music and provides industry insight. I'm your host, Christina Lavecchia, music director at 105.9 The Region.
Earlier this month, local artist Karina B released a song called What You Do To Me. To learn more about the track, Karina is here in studio. Hi, Karina. Hi. How's it going? I'm good. Welcome back Thank to you. the region. So as I mentioned, your latest release is called What You Do To Me. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the single. Yeah, so this song is an upbeat dance track. It has very much so disco, funky vibes, kind of like a throwback to the 70s, 80s time. And uh, I actually had the opportunity to record this song in L.A. Wow. And how was it recording that? Did you have a different team with you or has it been the same team that you've worked with? Yeah, so my producer that I work with in L.A., his name is DCAT, and I've worked with him on a previous song of mine called The Last Time as well. Was this song written in L.A. as well, or did you write it here in Toronto? Uh, no, actually, I wrote it there. Oh, <laughs> yeah, did it was, you? It was like within, I think, the span of like one week. Wow, okay, yeah. great. Yeah. What was the inspiration behind the track? Yeah, so it's kind of like when you have someone who hypes you up and they make you feel good about yourself, and you just feel like dancing and grooving along with them, that type of vibe. It's definitely a dance track. Mm -hmm. Definitely. You actually performed the song live in our studio. And to check out that performance, you can head on over to our Instagram page at the 905 region. How was LA? Do you find it different than Toronto? What do you guys usually do there when you go visit? Yeah, so a lot of networking. I do find it different than Toronto in the sense that um, like I, I had mentioned this um, when I was on the station earlier, but it's like interesting to see what musical trends are happening in LA or in U- US in general um, compared to in Toronto. Um, I just think that there's different things I can do to kind of get into that audience and have those types of people resonate with my music. So I learn a lot about that when I'm there. Do you see yourself moving there? full-time potentially in the future (laughs) I mean I always say like ideally I have you know a place in Toronto and a place there that would be fun so I can kind of go back and forth because I'll always have you know like like my family in this area and my friends and stuff and and I'll always love Toronto too yeah do you have anybody in LA I actually do some of my friends have made the move there oh wow okay really exciting for for them and um, yeah yeah, so every time I go there I see kind of the same people yeah it's good so you have a support system there too if you need it Mm -hmm. and are you currently still in school yes I am I'm in my third year of professional music at Toronto Metropolitan University okay wow so you're almost completed that as well and Mm -hmm. um from what you were saying before it's more of a a business side as well as the performing side which is you know super important especially in the industry to know both ends of yeah, the industry for sure yeah I've learned a lot in the program uh, honestly like I, I wouldn't change anything because there's a lot of good opportunities and networking in the program as well so that's yeah. great you recently performed at the baby g in toronto how was that performance oh it, it was great um so much fun you know valentine's day such a good vibe especially because like pink is my thing so yeah <laughs> yeah do you have any future performances uh, that your fans could look forward to? Yes, I'm also doing Pink Patty's Day. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I did Pink Christmas. <laughs> I did Pink Valentine's. I'm doing Pink Patty's Day, March 16th at Sneaky D's in Toronto. That's awesome. And because this is radio, you can't see, but mm-hmm. um, Karina is fully decked out in pink. She has a pink jacket on, uh, pink hair as well, and yeah. love it. Love it. <laughs> Thanks. Are you currently working on any other releases that we could look forward to? 
Yes. So um, I ideally would love to release a full disco album by the end of this year. Oh, wow. Or, you know, an EP, whatever it ends up being, like six songs, 10 yeah. songs. 12, you know what I mean? I, I never like to set um, like a full like expectation. Like I don't want to put like pressure on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever happens, happens. And I am working towards that type of genre a little more now. So Okay. So this is yeah very different from what you've released before, but mm-hmm. we've played at the station. Um, so is this what you kind of want to do um, near future and in the long run as well or are you just kind of yeah. testing it out to see what I think so like actually my first song that I ever released like solo single in 2020 was a disco <laughs> funky <sighs> song but then I started to do other subgenres of pop like um like pop R&B I have like Too Bad, Too Sad, um, which has been played on the station before. Yeah. It's like more like pop trap songs. So I've done different subgenres. Like I even have some slower ballads and stuff. Yeah. But now, I don't know, there's just something about this like 80s trend that's kind of like coming back. Yeah. I just, I really resonate with it. And uh, yeah, so I think for the time being anyway, like for the next year or so, I, I want to focus on that genre. Yeah, but it's something that you love and you see there's a lot of traction and people are loving it too and could resonate with it. Mm-hmm. Why not, right? Yeah, because so. we see it with like um, Dua Lipa. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of what she's doing. Yeah. Like even Ariana's uh, recent song as well. Yeah. And it's fun. It's happy. Mm-hmm. Gets people dancing. Yeah, exactly. And if listeners want to get their copy and download it, where can where can they do that? Yeah, so What You Do To Me uh, by Karina. So that's C-A-R-I-N-A on all streaming platforms. So Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, all of that. And how about social media? Where can they find you? Yeah, so Instagram is my main platform, C-A-R-I-N-A-A dot B. And anything else, you know, you're interested in watching of mine, like TikTok or YouTube, it's it's all linked on there. Okay, great. So we're going to play your song now. Did you want to introduce it for our listeners? Yeah, sure. So here's some groovy vibes for you all. Um, super upbeat, fun song called What You Do To Me. And it's by Karina. Thank you for listening. New music. New music on 105.9 The Region. Get to the point, don't get it round me, boy Please stay a while, I know you know how I like what you do, the way you're moving too I'm sure you can see just what you do to me What you do to me What you do to me What you do to me, You and you want me, they'll see what we can be Let it go with 
Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 105.9 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com.